a follow-up meeting uh, with the Minister of Transport following our oversight in January um, and in March to Prasa, uh, Gauteng and Prasa, Western Cape. And of course, we have already met with the board um, of Prasa, of course, amongst other things which um, have subsequently happened, uh, is that we, that Prasa had not tabled its uh, annual report uh, to parliament and as indicated to members, it now has been tabled and uh, it is a disclaimed audit outcome. Um, <clears throat> so as is per uh, standard procedure, um, a hearing will be scheduled um, for PRASA to appear before us um, on the official tabled um, annual reports and audit outcomes. Uh, of course, we'll have to have an interaction with the AG prior to that, and I'm glad uh, that Saki is here and he will note that um, so that we can be in a position then to uh, interact with that annual report. But this meeting this morning is <clears throat> scheduled um, to enable the committee to have an interaction with the uh, Ministry <clears throat> of uh, Transport uh, on the observations of the committee following the oversight visits, which I've already alluded to. Uh, moreover, of course, is the fact that there are issues that we did raise uh, with Prasa when we were in Gauteng and when we were uh, in the Western Cape for those oversight visits. Um, and um, there was, of course, a clash with dates, but uh, thank the uh, Office of the Minister for the continued the interaction that we have had uh, to make sure that we uh, conclude on this matter uh, as well. So colleagues, um, good morning, and I hope you all had a blessed long weekend. Um, and um, I'm going to now take this opportunity, welcome the Minister of uh, Transport, uh, Minister Mbalula and his team uh, who are here this morning. There is a, a, a presentation that was sent, but I'm advised that it is speaking, it's a speaking note presentation, so it won't be flighted. Uh, but if there's a need for it to be flighted, then we will definitely do so. But I think because there are issues that we had raised with PRASA when we met, uh, and of course the ministerial office team was present as well. So they saw what we saw and I'm sure that they have briefed the uh, minister accordingly. Uh, suffice it to say, minister, we are very, very worried and concerned about the state of the affairs of PRASA, particularly around the infrastructure, uh, which continues to find itself bearing the brutal brunt of um, vandalism on one hand, neglect uh, on the other, um, amongst other factors which have contributed to the kind of derelict infrastructure that we saw. And of course, the situation in the Western Cape, well, it's shocking is an understatement to see the kind of invasion which has taken place on the rail tracks and the adverse effects that that has had. Um, on the access of the rail services, train services for communities such as Kailicha, for example. And of course, the cost factors involved in the operation which would have to be employed to 
move <clears throat> the 1,000 odd families uh, households households I say at uh, Langa the 10,000 plus in Philippi is an indication of a railway system under siege. And um, we, we we are as a committee, you know, very very worried at at, at all those things, and hoping that the uh, infra the turnaround strategy will yield uh, results. And I think maybe the final point, which was a, a point of heightened observation by the committee, is the adverse effect uh, of the cancellation of the security contract and what that meant uh, for Prasa. Of course, we understand that the contract was irregular. However, the phasing out of that irregular contract had the kind of consequences we see now. And we've made the observation that Sasa had a irregular contract with CPS Net One, uh, which the constitutional court declared to be invalid, but an application was made to the court to allow for a structured phase out as to not interrupt the disbursement of funds uh, and grants to South Africans. We do not see the same kind of, uh, you know, proactiveness on the part of Prasa when that emerged to have ensured a smooth uh, transition. So, Minister, those are just some of the observations. Colleagues will come in as soon as the minister is done. But I wanted to give a sense that uh, we are not happy with the state of affairs um, as things stand now uh, at uh, Prasa and so far as the um, maintenance of infrastructure is concerned. Suffice it to say that we are very um, impressed with the operations at Kibela, and that is something which uh, we, we, we are quite happy about. So. Um, yeah, Minister, let me then hand over to you. And colleagues, good morning and welcome to this meeting. As soon as the minister's done, um, I'll hand over to you. Minister Balula, over to you. Um, thank you, um, Chairperson of the Standing Committee uh, on Public uh, Accounts, Mr. Mkululeko Klangwa, and the members of SCOPA. Um, I'm with uh, the Acting Director General, Mr. Mtunzi Madia, and as well as the Deputy uh, Director General of Rail, Mr. Mwako Makaipea, and the two advisors, um, Mr. Keza Koza, Special Advisor, and Mr. Lawrence Venkile, and the Chief of Staff, Mr. Tsululi Jaka, and the parliamentary liaison, Ms. Tandi Mpondo. So that will be my uh, delegation uh, to SCOPA uh, this morning. In response to the issues you, you have raised, uh, Chair, we, we remain seized with uh, the arduous task uh, of getting PRASA back on track, uh, following years of uh, sub par performance, uh, failure to spend, uh, on its capital programs and corruption. Our eye remains on the ball and we continue to hold the board accountable uh, for delivery on the targets we had prioritized in the shareholder compact we had concluded for 2021-2022 financial year. 
Among the key targets we had agreed to following years of uh, amorphizing uh, critical engineering and project management capacity is stabilizing the company by filling key vacancies at senior management level. This includes recovering commuter rail operations in the 10 uh, priority corridors while paying serious attention uh, to operational safety and security. A number of critical positions are occupied by acting incumbents. However, progress has been made towards filling these vacancies. The following key positions of acting incumbents, the group uh, CEO position became vacant following a decision of the board to terminate the contract of the group CEO. The board has since advertised the vacancy in March 2022 and has given the filling of this vacancy a priority. Mr. David Timpello is currently acting as group CEO. The chief human capital officer became vacant in July 2021, following the passing of the incumbent, Ms. Tandeka Mapicha. The vacancy will be advertised when the new organizational design is implemented. <clears throat> this is one of the vacancies that may be affected by the new operating model that introduces a shared service model among uh, others. Ms. Nontlantla Kondowe is currently acting as group uh, human capital officer. Uh, the chief procurement officer position has been vacant July 2021. The vacancy was advertised in March 2022. Uh, Mr. Wilima Tebula seconded from National Treasury has been acting since June 2021. The target is to fill the vacancy by June uh, 2022. The chief executive officer, Prasa Ray, became vacant in July 2021. The vacancy will only be advertised upon implementation of the new organizational structure, as it is one of those whose job design will be affected by the new operating model. Mr. Nelson Malifan is currently acting in that position. The Chief Executive Officer Prasa Crest position became vacant in November 2021 following mutual separation with the incumbent. The vacancy will only be advertised upon implementation of the new organizational structure, as it is one of those whose job design, like others, have been affected by the new operating model. Ms. Annette Linde Key is currently acting in the position. The chief audit executive position has been vacant since November 2021. The vacancy was advertised um, in March 2022. The target is to fill the vacancy by June 2022. Mr. Jeff Matangu is currently uh, acting in that position. The group chief security officer position has been vacant since November 2021. The vacancy was advertised in March 2022. The, the, the target is to fill the vacancy by June 2022. The safety nominated manager position has been vacant since November 2020. The vacancy was filled, was advertised in March 2022. The target is to fill the vacancy by June 2022. Mr. Temba Mahanya is currently acting in the position. 
Uh, the group company secretary position has been vacant since February 2021. The vacancy was advertised in March 2022. The target is to fill the vacancy by June 2022. There is no acting uh, incumbent. Uh, the group chief financial officer is currently at, facing a disciplinary process. Mr. Brian Alexander uh, is currently acting as CFO. The vacancies of the executive in the office of the group CEO and the group executive legal risk and compliance are subject to pending legal processes. The former is no acting incumbent, while Ms. Tato Tsautse is acting in the latter position. As on uh, 28 February 2022, a total of 737 employees were acting in various roles across the Praza Group at a cost of 8,843,649 rands, 77 cents. Praza currently has over 3,500 vacancies nationally. This represents a vacancy rate of 19%, which, re which remains unacceptably high. This is a matter that remains on our radar and progress on lowering this rate to acceptable levels will be monitored and reported uh, on quarterly uh, basis. Since the appointment of the board, we have been emphatic on the need to expedite the review of process organizational design and business model in order to make the necessary and suitable changes to the structure and model of the group. Um, the review of the organizational design was undertaken by the board and subjected to independent assessment, which has since been concluded. The new operating model and organizational design will be implemented in a phased manner, commencing at the beginning of the new financial year. The key tenants of this new operating model are the following develop a fit-for-purpose organizational design that is responsive to the business strategic uh, drivers, ensure placement of employees in roles where their skills will be of maximum benefit to the company, introduce shared services model for support functions in order to improve inefficiencies. Uh, manage economies of scale and ensure efficient staff utilization across uh, across the company. <clears throat> Develop competency and skills catalog to ensure present job fit and, and avoid misplacements and duplication of roles. Vandalized infrastructure remains a critical challenge in the resumption of commuter and long-distance passenger rail services across, across the country. We are under no illusion that the flawed decision by the previous board to terminate security contracts without putting in place contingency plans uh, played a role in exposing the Prasa environment to criminality and wanton destruction of public infrastructure. We did not hesitate to act against that board as the authority overall responsible for the management 
of process. When the group CEO was uh, appointed in the last year, one of his key result areas was the implementation of a security plan uh, that will protect Prasa assets and its rolling stock. The plan currently being rolled out is premised on increasing the number of boots on the ground to protect both commuters and the infrastructure. The 3,100 warm bodies that have since been recruited have been reinforced by contracted security to restore stability in security in securing PRASA assets. In addition to the recruitment, training, and deployment of tool of trade for the security personnel, PRASA is rolling out security technology solutions. This entails national integration of technology platforms to enable central command and control access across PRASA, centralization of security systems, a granular deployment of control rooms into a national and regional uh, hierarchy. We have committed to returning to service the 10 priority commuter rail corridors by the end of 2022 calendar year. A key consideration in achieving this objective is achieving a quicker turnaround time in repairing vandalized stations and rehabilitating damaged infrastructure. However, challenges relating to the relocation of illegal settlements you were referring to as in inverted commas, households on the central line may affect uh, our ability to return to full service this line before 2023. In uh, valuable lessons have been learned from the experience of returning the Mabupani line and central line to service. Some of the most noteworthy delays have been due to procurement of the over had uh, traction uh, equipment, OHT, transformers and pairway, uh, internal challenges such as delays in the sittings of the relevant bid committees are being attended to by the board. We have sharply raised the matter with the board and will continue to monitor uh, the progress. Significant progress has been made in projects undertaken in various corridors which focus on the following work. Packages in order to recover the infrastructure and bring back the rail, the rail service. A replacement of vandalized overhead traction and refurbishment of traction substations and tie stations, rehabilitation of vandalized signaling system, rehabilitation of damaged payway, maintenance of uh, OTMs, whirling program on priority corridors, foot bridges or street to street bridges uh, on Mabupani and central line corridors, rectification of station platforms, installation of backup fiber in identified corridors, refurbishment of vandalized uh, station buildings. Houghton Western Cape and KwaZulu-Natal have suffered the most devastating vandalism of rail infrastructure. The cost uh, to Prasa to repair and rehabilitate the vandalized infrastructure is at the tune of 4 billion 
We have uh, committed to the realization of the following key milestones by 31st March 2022, power supply network on the Mabupani uh, Pretoria corridor will be completed. All Houting overhead traction equipment and substation tenders will have been awarded and construction work already started except for Salisville to Pretoria and Davidton to Johannesburg, which require re-advertising. Tender for 150 kilometers of rail will have been awarded and purchase order issued. On-track machines contracts will have been finalized and work started. Overhead traction equipment work will be completed on the Cape Town Belleville Pontehaven line, as well as on the Pinelands Langda line, and services will resume by 31st March 2022 although work will still continue on the signaling. Electrical attraction system will be restored on the Naledi, Johannesburg, Pinarsport, Pretoria, and Salisville. Uh, uh, Pretoria lines by 31st August 2022. Electrical traction system will be restored on the Leralla, Johannesburg line by 30th September 2022. Rails will have been replaced in identified sections on the Kwamashu Devon line by 30th uh, September 2022. In conclusion, Chair, we are continually strengthening the accountability of the board on the commitments they made, both in terms of the annual shareholder compact, its corporate plan, and annual performance plan. We monitor progress on this through the quarterly reports. We have directed the board to move at a brisker pace in implementing interventions that will not only rehabilitate the infrastructure, but also enable the deployment of the new trains across uh, the country. And lastly, I want to characterize the, the, the vandalism. We have a vandalism that has taken place at Prasa. Um, as a result of uh, a decision by the board. But after the board came the administrator and we moved to level five of COVID-19. And uh, the contingency plan was supposed to be implemented by the administrator, uh, which he did not. And then uh, that uh, affected severely uh, the vandalism of the infrastructure as you see it now. Uh, during the period of uh, level five of the implementation of uh, disaster management uh, intervention. Um, thank you very much, Chair, Chair, and members of the board. Members of uh, SCOPA, thank you, sorry. All right, thank you very much, uh, Minister. Right, colleagues, um, I think that is the initial uh, reaction of the Minister to the issues that had been raised and up before him. Um, right, can I get uh, hands, uh, colleagues? Oh, right, going once. 
going twice. Negatle. I go. Let me check our site office here. Right, Honorable Van Minen. Thanks very much, Chair. So I'm just trying to get my video on. Hopefully, I can't see it. Hopefully, it is on. Um, okay, thanks very much. And thank you very much to the Minister. Um, I think that uh, I see I can't start my video. It seems to have problems. I'm going to try. There we go. That should work. Um, look, I think I, I speak for for Scopa. I unfortunately couldn't make the Cape Town visits, but certainly when we were in um, Gauteng, the train production site was, was very impressive indeed. I think the concern is that looking at the actual tracks on the ground, as it were, and the stations, particularly the stations that we went to where we were not scheduled to stop, and we saw how bad things were there, there's very much a concern that one's going to end up with really very, very smart new trains, but nothing to actually run them on, which is a huge concern. I mean, when we're seeing diesel locomotives being run because of uh, issues with, uh, A, with ESCOM to electrify stations, and B, also with the um, appalling theft that has happened due to the security contracts being cancelled, it really leads to enormous concerns about the viability of, of PRASA to, to really continue. Uh, I have two questions at this point. The new operational model, we've been hearing a lot about that. There's an awful lot on pause, um, not just individual positions, but also obviously, you know, an issue with the 19% vacancy rate, which is almost a yeah, you know, it's a fifth, basically, of all employees are, are non-existent. When is the new operational model likely to be completed? And then when is it likely to be implemented? What is that process? And the second question I have uh, for the Honourable Minister is, um, he talks about acting against the previous board. What actions have been brought against the previous board? What progress has been made with that? And what is the uh, hoped-for outcome? of acting against the previous board, because quite honestly, what we're seeing is a destruction of a company and an organization that really should be getting South Africa rolling. It can get trucks off the road. It can get goods onto trains. It really can get the wheels of the economy unjammed. So it is vital that we actually see this institution come back to life. Thank you. All right, um, colleagues, maybe let's take two members at a time so that nothing gets lost um, and then We'll, yeah, right. So, Honorable Samia. Well, thank you very much, Honorable Chair. And uh, sorry, sorry, uh, sorry, Chair. I've switched off my video so without your permission, so uh, so that we we can uh, get enough uh, bandwidth. No, 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 Minister, that's perfectly in order. Um, I okay. think all of are familiar with the challenges of network and so on. It's no problem at all, Minister. Abusom, you may proceed. Well, thank you very much, uh, Chair. Um, good, good morning, colleagues and the Minister and his team. Uh, well, well for, for, for me, uh, I've, I've had an experience uh, when we um, had to visit uh, a Prasa and um, we had the opportunity to look into its own infrastructure and the story behind uh, what, what uh, is, is mainly uh, found um, in, in the number of uh, books, whether is it the Auditor General's reports, uh, 
and and we could justify uh, uh, such a situation by looking into derailed <clears throat> rail lines, which which uh, tell a story uh, of of how uh, the infrastructure um, has has uh, over time uh, been destroyed. The ability uh, of the rail network uh, to uh, carry the populace um, from whatever in terms of facilitation uh, for the movement of goods and people, uh, how that has been disrupted. I'm sorry, I think we've lost you there. Oh, so sorry. Mainly on the loss of. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you need to go back a little bit. You were on the part of saying to move the populace, and I think that's where we lost. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank, 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 thank you, Chair. Uh, and you see, s- s- such a derailed uh, functionality um, and uh, of operations uh, of Prasa, which which brings in a sort of story of inability uh, to move goods and people uh, throughout the country and and uh, to facilitate the economy um, in a way which is uh, uh, acceptable uh, through such movements. Um, well, because of the decisions which have been made by the previous board, uh, we're looking into the matters that relate to security of such infrastructure, uh, a massive infrastructure which has been built over time. Even the new uh, uh, buildings in terms of introducing uh, some uh, new infrastructure. If you have gone to Mamelodi, uh, and and uh, you you you'd see uh, in earnest how it is to destroy uh, uh, what uh, has been in movement, uh, which is a cause of pain to a number of communities which have met when we were moving. Uh, right through the area uh, in in Gauteng. That pain, uh, that sorrow, uh, brings in the urgency uh, of uh, wanting to see uh, action uh, into bringing that mode of transport into action. Um, I I think uh, the the previous speaker has uh, uh, illustrated the goodness out of what is happening at Prasa, the, the new locomotives, uh, which are somewhat uh, an indication uh, of of what the uh, the country in motion and development could do um, when uh, it earnestly commits itself uh, in doing what is right, and and the level uh, of uh, action, um, even into your depots, um, the first class depot uh, environment uh, where. Your trains would come in and get out. Uh, you see, it would be fixed this way and that way. But but the nerve is on the absence of those who are supposed to see uh, that institution uh, working. Uh, as you have illustrated, Minister, uh, the acting positions are somewhat simmering, and uh, it looks it looks like. Uh, uh, the institution has overtaken by uh, acting individuals more than 
seeing a functionality which is going to be guaranteed over time. So the agency and speed uh, there is very necessary. Uh, getting into the Western Cape, uh, in Cape Town, in the most where you have uh, seen that derelict, uh, uh, you see infrastructure and how things could be destroyed, not only necessarily uh, by the institution, uh, look into the movement of people uh, on the rails, building their own informal settlements there, which has brought in a question as to how can we probably, uh, in, in our oversight, begin to see the collaboration between uh, the Minister of Transport, uh, the Metro, uh, Cape Town Metro, uh, the Department of uh, Human Settlements, um, and, and uh, so that they think there could be some agenda agreement as to how people could be moved to settle where uh, there is a space for settlement and, and leave the railway line uh, for the rail to operate uh, in a way for safety, uh, for courage of uh, these uh, uh, communities who want to be ferried from work and back home. So, so, so uh, in, in earnest, even if your board uh, would want to do its own work, as they do, uh, I want to give them credit uh, in that, in that instance. Uh, and, and, and the questions which I had uh, as to how you would see um, as, as a point of an example, the, the chair of the board who would be viewed as, as uh, being at a risk uh, of being more operational than strategic uh, in terms of work. But when you see an institution uh, which is being saved from collapse by having people who are acting in a number of positions, starting from uh, the group CEO down uh, the stream, which, which begins to turn things around uh, for uh, having a board which is going to be a more functional on the strategic level and balance that up uh, with the actual uh, uh, tactical and uh, technical staff which ought to be operated by those who are employed uh, anyway. So the minister, uh, the, the massive uh, illustration of this kind uh, of a situation uh, really requires uh, some form of agency to act uh, on different environments. One, matter of security. Two, matters of engagement with uh, other parties, uh, which I would want to propose even here that we could facilitate that kind of a meeting uh, between uh, these uh, entities, your metro, uh, yourselves, department, and uh, the Department of Human Settlement, and, and uh, if need, it need be, uh, the, the department that deals with matters of land, so that we attend to this kind of a situation, which might spread Usana uh, Bajan, uh, to find people who are going to be uh, residing on the rail line, uh, mainly in the Cape Town, the Western Cape area, which which would uh, be devil, uh, the quite necessary operation in as far as your uh, uh, train services are concerned. So, so, so my lamentation is a lamentation which sought to bring in a sense of saying how agent could you act around such and how could you 
as well bring uh, the previous board uh, into book around uh, their matters which were ill-conceived, uh, which has uh, brought in uh, some kind of a consumptive, uh, high-ranked uh, financial ability uh, of, uh, uh, of of Prasa uh, going forward. Thank you, Chair. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, colleagues. Um, uh, Minister, can you respond in your team to those two sets of uh, questions from the members? And then Honorable Bukas, you'll come in after that. Thank you, uh, Chair. Um, um, Van uh, Minen, um, Honorable Van Minen, uh, as I had uh, alluded, the the modernization project uh, is gaining traction with uh, the upgrade uh, of infrastructure. The the recruitment has already commenced. Um, the model will be completed by the end um, of this current uh, financial year and recruit recruitment will commence from 1st of April uh, 2022. We acted uh, on the previous uh, board by dismissing the previous board as we believed it did not live up to its fiduciary obligations. We have no basis to take any further action uh, against uh, that board. Uh, our, our, we appointed uh, the acting, I mean, we appointed the administrator, which has been found in law to be flawed. And uh, we rectified that by appointing the current uh, board led by Mr. Leonard uh, Ramatagani. Uh, Honorable Somio, uh, the, the challenges at Prasa and the deterioration of infrastructure happened uh, over time. Uh, some of these challenges were detailed in the Public Protector's Report titled Derailed. Um, the work we are doing is both to rehabilitate the vandalized infrastructure and modernize uh, the environment. Praza is a capital intensive company and therefore you need uh, proper structures in terms of procurement and SCM which uh, that capacity has been depleted uh, over time uh, has been depleted uh, over time um, uh, as we as we all know uh, even from the state capture uh, report. At Prasa, we have about, uh, uh, through the Operation Zivese that they are implementing, which is now undergoing its second phase, uh, it has been uncovered that uh, 3,000 ghost workers were found in the system at Prasa. And then um, payment of salaries was stopped as of last year uh, of for, for, for these uh, uh, ghost uh, ghost workers. Um, I cannot agree more with Honorable Somio on the agency to move with speed in restoring the services uh, as we rebuild the infrastructure. We have introduced um, reinforcements in security 
Uh, this includes walling in some sections and substations. The Cape Town situation is re receiving priority. Through a collaborative effort, we are driving with the city of Cape Town. Uh, I, I just came from Cape Town two weeks ago. Um, we are going back there. We've got a collaborative effort between ourselves and the national departments of human settlement, as well as public works uh, to help us get land for these people to be relocated. And uh, if they are not uh, moving, we are moving ahead as we speak in the next coming weeks, we are going to see that uh, from Langa to Philippi, we are going to have to undertake the mission of uh, rain, uh, you know, uh, walling or fencing the railway lines so as to allow trains to operate. Whilst the problem of resettlement of these people is being resolved, we cannot go beyond uh, July on this project. We are happy with Mabupani. Since Mabupani has been introduced, uh, our, our security plan model is working. There's not been a single vandalism, and then the security has been perfect and excellent uh, uh, in terms of uh, uh, Mabupani. We hope to achieve the same with uh, Central Line. Central Line is very critical because we've got volumes uh, of people uh, there, particularly the working class who are now using other means, which means our people are now working for transport. Uh, and uh, it is a matter that we, we, are, we, are, we are getting into it, uh, you know, by all means necessary to get the trains back on track there uh, and secured. Um, so this this is this is what uh, we 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 actually doing. The operational model, uh, in terms of, uh, will be implemented in the next financial year, April 2022, and uh, the principles include a shared services model, uh, competency, and skills alignment. So I suppose we will also come back and report. Uh, on the progress with regard to that. Uh, I've reported in my opening remarks that uh, uh, these have been commissioned and uh, that work has been has been completed and they were ready to go uh, in terms of the new organizational uh, uh, model uh, when it comes uh, to Prasa. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Minister. All right, uh, Honorable Bukas and Honorable Lees. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Uh, thank you, Minister, for your input. Uh, firstly, Chair, I think you must aid me on that site platform because I'm a new member and I, I'm not aware of that platform. Uh, Chair, my concern is about the, the vacancy rate. And, and the fact that most of the employees acting higher grades are, are performing more than one job. Uh, the question therefore is, Chair, how will that influence the commitment and the, and the moral of that employees, but also the impact on their PMDS? Then uh, Chair, 
there was two reasons for not filling key vacancies by the minister in his input uh, for us in about the process of the new organizational structure that is finalized. I just want to know, are there any timeframes attached to that uh, phases uh, for us to, to monitor the implementation? Then the other reason for not filling was the legal processes that is underway. I just want to establish what is the status of, of the legal processes. Thank you, Chair. Mr. Chairman, I'm going to come in, can I? Um, you indicated me after Honorable Birke. So, good yes. morning. Yeah, Bongai. Um, my apologies for being late. Um, I've had a very uh, useful and productive meeting or sitting with the Portfolio Committee on Transport on the state of roads in Okotlamba, which is in my constituency. So my apologies for being late. Mr. Chairman, um, the the minister has has indicated that they've identified 3,000 ghost employees and and that's good work. I mean, I'm sad that somehow they got into the system, um, which is an indication the system is broken if you can have so many ghost workers or any ghost workers. But my question then is, as at the end of February this year, there were 16,985 employees of PRASA. Um, are the 3,000 included in that number or um, um, are they still to, are they, have they already been removed? That's the first question, Mr. Chairman. Then the, the next question is, Prasa basically stopped operations for the entire lockdown period. We've had huge, massive um, vandalism taking place. And we've now got really limited operations um, going ahead. So my question is, what exactly have these 17,000 odd employees been doing for the last two years? What have they been doing? Have they been paid their full pay? Um, and what have they been what have they been doing? Then the, the last question, Mr. Chairman, the minister indicates success on the Mabu Pioneer line, and we were there and we we saw that the um, there were operations taking place. But what we also saw was that, you know, overhead traction lines uh, had been stolen and hadn't been replaced. So is, is, it, is it right to say it's successful if it's still running on diesel? Or perhaps they have been since been replaced and we're back onto proper traction, electric traction, and that we're not relying on Transnet for diesel locos. Thanks, Mr. Chairman. All right, uh, Minister, over to you. Uh, thank you. Um, um, Honorable Liz, let me start uh, with you. Um, uh, the Mabupani line um, is not dependent on uh, locomotives of uh, Transnet um, and uh, it's not uh, diesel driven. So that is why it is, uh, uh, it is uh, uh, 
very, very uh, successful. Um, the 3,000 that have been found uh, is part of an ongoing process of uh, what Prasa call Operation Zivez, meaning in a broken place and a mess like that, uh, where you have ghost workers, which you're not supposed to have, they implemented a project called Operation Zivez, and that Operation Zivez then uh, have proven by last year, December, 3,000 people were being paid. And uh, since last year, December, the salaries, I mean, of those people have been stopped. None of those people have come forward to claim that they have been stopped unfairly. Meaning it's again a system of corruption within um, human resource. Meaning somebody has orchestrated a scam to steal money from the organization. So that's how broken Prasa is. Uh, Honorable Liz is correct. In a normal company, you can't even afford to have one ghost worker. You have 3,000. And since December last year, stoppage was done on paying off those people. And uh, uh, nothing, none of those people have uh, 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 actually come forward to claim that uh, they have been owed uh, or something. Uh, I cannot confirm that the 3,000 is part of the 17,000 employees. As more detailed uh, verification on who got paid and which bank account number linking who is uh, been undertaken. So uh, the forensic work, which is the second phase, will determine that, including how this grant scam uh, has been uh, has been uh, implemented uh, at uh, at uh, at Prasa. Um, uh, I'm just trying to get the question of Honourable uh, Birkes. Um, uh, we, we we have tried. Uh, uh, I've taken your 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 concern, Honourable Birkes about the vacancy rate will impress on the board to ensure that acting arrangement uh, do not demoralize employees. Uh, the board will brief SCOPA fully uh, on the timeframes relating to uh, the implementation uh, of, the, of, the new, of the new model. Um, uh, the, 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 the question of uh, clearing the system of the ghost uh, workers, uh, uh, that, 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 that work uh, uh, is being undertaken and uh, implemented uh, as we speak. And I expect also the board to brief in detail uh, SCOPA uh, on that important work because it's an important work, meaning there's been money that is going out of the system to pay ghost workers, which is a scam, uh, a fraud uh, uh, undertaken uh, uh, at Prasa. So uh, those will be uh, uh, my answers, Chair. Right. Um, thank you very much, Minister. Right. Are there any other hands or follow-ups? Right. Uh, Minister, I think... <clears throat> 
the maybe just a few observations on my part. Um, you know the. Rail network generally, but um, the trains in themselves specifically, uh, um, maybe the whole combo, in fact, is in, is a jobs driver um, and um, a necessary, you know, reality if things are to move in the in a scheme of things which is smooth and. And so on. So the whole rail network and trains are a are a national asset, and they are we are dependent on them. It was surprising to us, though, that none of the the sites where you know the trains are housed, stored, repaired, parked, uh, none of those are national key points. Uh, and maybe it may sound like a cosmetic label, uh, given recent historic events that have happened. But also at the same time, it attaches the kind of seriousness to the resource and the infrastructure and the assets. And so to check as to whether that is something uh, that is being considered, particularly from a safety point of view and from a uh, intergovernmental, um, interdepartmental um, dispensation of resources with the assistance of working with the SEPs to secure those trains. Um, you know, Honorable Faninan makes the point that um, we've got beautiful trains being. Um, uh, manufactured and assembled at uh, Nigel at the Kibela site, but of course we don't have, you know, to the extent to which is desirable a functional railway system. Those assets need to be protected, and uh, currently we, you know, the the you are left to the devices of really your own internal arrangements and process of security without but I can only term the state's backing insofar as, you know, heightened, uh, you know, security presence and visibility around the key areas of functionality, for functionality rather, at Prasa and the railway line. So I think that that is something that needs to be, to be looked at, but I would really want to hear um, <clears throat> the minister's um, you know, outlook on on that. The second point, uh, Minister, is the security contract uh, that was cancelled and in the absence of a, a sustainable, viable contingency plan um, has had a convoluted ripple effect for Prasa and the outcomes are well, you know, as disastrous as things stand now. But we do not get a sense that there is an urgency, for lack of a better phrase, or an appetite for consequence management around that particular uh, decision. And it is one which, as I'm saying, has had, you know, devastating effects 
um, on, 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 on PRASA. <clears throat> the third aspect that I'd like to look at, Minister, is there's a sense that the, secu- the intelligence services of the country may not have applied themselves uh, wholesomely and holistically to the problems at PRASA. Uh, because what is quite clear from the vandalism we witnessed is that this is a very targeted operation in certain aspects of people who know exactly where the key critical infrastructure or infrastructure aspects are at Prasa. So it is not difficult to write off the presence of an organized syndicate to derail. Uh, Prasa. And so it would be very, it's something which we believe requires attention Um, because a non-functional railway system automatically breeds the necessity for alternative transport usage. And what is happening is that these are not random, well, I suppose there may be aspects of random vandalism, but also at the same time, we cannot rule out the possibility, a very strong one at that, of an organized syndicate which is targeting Amprasa. Uh, um, so I think we would really be wanting to get a sense of the interactions, particularly at a political level, in government that you are having insofar as uh, dealing with this particular aspect is concerned. And the final one now is the observation, Minister, of the urgent need of reforms in logistic uh, movement of goods, the road to rail, um, you know, dispensation. And I know this may be probably an aside issue, but it's linked to, you know, functional railways. And of course, there would have to be collaboration with Transnet and so on. But I think, you know, transport is a key factor here. And I'm a regular user of the N3 carriageway, um, the uh, Durban, Peter Maritzburg, uh, Johannesburg route, uh, traveling there on constituency work most of the time, particularly to uh, Utugela uh, district. And the very negative impact of the increased and heightened loads of trucks on that road, on the road infrastructure, on one hand, two, the bullying that truck drivers actually inflict on other drivers, the poor state of, uh, you know, roadworthiness of those trucks, and really very minimal interventions, particularly at night. Um, And I I really just wonder, Minister, whether don't we now need a more deliberate and more focused outlook towards easing the traffic flow on the N3, amongst others, 
but that situation is just not viable. Um, it's 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 a perennial headache. It's and yeah, and the state of those trucks, but also the impact it's having on the road infrastructure in itself, notwithstanding the other elements I've alluded to. Um, is 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 cause for 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 concern, but I think the main three issues um, for the purposes of today are the ones I've raised. This one is a just by the way to take advantage of the fact um, that you are here, but it probably speaks to a broader, uh, you know, agenda of traffic integration um, and um, you know a deliberate effort from road to rail. Minister, over to you. Uh, thank you, Chair. I agree, Chair, that um, uh, the entire network um, uh, is a national, should be classified. Um, um, as an as a national uh, asset. Uh, the network and the infrastructure are critical assets um, that should be classified as uh, national key points. And uh, the collaboration with uh, law enforcement authorities, among others, uh, intended to ensure that these assets received maximum protection. Um, uh, that is what uh, we hope to get out of that. This is a matter we intend to place before the, the net joints. Um, the security contracts, Chair, that were created, uh, th that were cancelled, created a difficult, uh, a difficult situation in terms of uh, new uh, procure pro procurement. Uh, that is, that is uh, uh, the cancellation itself. Um, so the, the question of consequence management on the part of the previous board in taking those decisions, it's a matter that uh, uh, we can pursue in terms of ensuring that uh, those people are declared as delinquent uh, as board members. But uh, U.S. Cooper, you know for yourself that uh, uh, part of the reason we had to do away with that board was because it was not uh, helping us in any way. Um, vandalism, indeed, at Prasa uh, is an orchestrated, well-planned um, operation. How is it planned? Uh, it is planned because there is a syndicate operation. It has been proven uh, over time. Um, they steal copper cables, melt them in the laboratories in our townships, and ship them out of uh, Mozambique and East Asia. That is, that is what they do. And they work with uh, some employees of Prasa. Where, where do we get this? from. Some time back, we busted this operation and then uh, with Prasa Security in Heidelberg, um, in Gauteng province. And uh, I went to see for myself uh, this operation. Recently, you would have seen uh, where we busted and went uh, to scrap metal uh, uh, companies 
And the most important thing we are looking at, led by DTI at the present moment, is a is to consider the law in relation to uh, scrap metal uh, in South Africa, of which at the present moment uh, we are totally open. And uh, those who are undertaking this, may it be at ESCOM and everywhere else, who are stealing uh, stuff from these companies, uh, we can't prosecute uh, in law uh, and all of that. So I've gone there, I've seen what they do. Uh, this syndicates they pack these things and then ship them out uh, of the country and uh, when you get to the scrap metal area or place you will realize that uh, uh, the syndicate is is it's very big and uh, you can't when you get there say this copper come from prasa or come from escom uh, that's what uh, is happening there so it's you are we are dealing with organized syndicate uh, that is ongoing it's a criminal activity and it's operational uh, uh, operational uh, uh, tactic um, uh, is the same uh, they collect through small units in the township and feed into bigger companies um, and when you see a bigger company dealing with scrap metal, you've got nothing to suspect. But that is where our staff is going. So we've got at the level of uh, uh, working with the police and other departments, tighten the law around this particular matter. We are dealing with syndicates, serious syndicates at Prasa. Um, the second part, Chair, of this vandalism is the vandalism where people built shacks as uh, urbanization is visiting us. Uh, they built shacks and then uh, during level five lockdown, as Honorable Lise also alluded to this, they then vandalized stations, took the roof, go and build shacks and then uh, took the roof, window frames, and all of that. So that work is not a work of syndicate. It is, it is generally our people who are basically uh, took advantage of a property that was not protected during level five, brought it down and steal all of this. And then it was not protected because the board took a decision uh, to implement correctly, so the decision of the uh, of the of the AG, and then uh, did not put uh, any anything in place. And what did we do with regard to this? We then unveiled a security plan, which meant we have to employ people. We employed three thousand one hundred, which Prasa did, but over and above that, we also brought law enforcement. Can we have security packing from law enforcement effectively, like the old railway system in the country? From where I'm seated, I think that is not achievable. We do have problems of security, boots on the ground, fighting crime all around. We do have railway police about plus or minus 2,000. So, I mean, railway police dedicated to Prasa. 
will 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 subs give us more numbers canines and all of that it won't Praza would have been vandalized further uh, if we did not say to them go and defend what is left at Praza during the riots that's why Bramfontein is intact Park is, is intact Park station is intact because intelligence has had told us already at that time that this place is Val, Valmartin and all the areas Bramfontein are targeted to arson uh, by the rioters. And then uh, once security was activated, and they did attack, uh, uh, by the way, Park Station, but uh, they met uh, rubber bullets uh, from private security companies that Prasa brought uh, into place because of the call we made that go and protect our assets, otherwise they are going to be attacked. Level five, we did not do that. Mpondo did not go and secure our assets as we called upon on him as the administrator, go and secure the assets, get some of our entities to help you procure security companies to protect because the vandalism was happening daylight. You see, uh, people will be sending stuff on social media, even to myself as the media, repeatedly. Daylight minister, uh, now the station in Tembisa has been vandalized, the roof is taken. This did not happen at night, it happened during the day. Jemistan, I visited those areas, clipped down and all of that. Now, that is taking us off the rail because instead of spending money on modernization, we've got to take part of that money to go and fix the vandalism uh, of the stations. Uh, which were uh, which were vandalized uh, by our people, among others, uh, uh, during level five uh, to fix those uh, stations. That work is continuing. But over and above that, there is a criminal uh, aspect we've got to deal with at Brasa, which is permanent. It's a challenge of scrap metals, stealing of our of, of our staff that we utilize uh, on our rail infrastructure. How do we protect that in terms of the law and all of that? So from the point of view of the law, we have said that these people must be charged with serious economic offenses, like uh, economic sabotage. The law has been amended. If you are found to have, to have done certain things and uh, good work has been done in terms of gathering evidence and all of that, already there are cases that have appeared in court where people have been charged with uh, this and senten sentencing has also happened. Uh, because as long as we get uh, minos, people just, you know, like uh, vandals and so on, and then we bring them to, be to, to the courts and uh, for them to be charged. Uh, and then they are charged with theft and all of that, this will continue. But we know that uh, these vandals are sent by kingpins to steal and uh, vandalize our, our infrastructure and steal copper and all of those. Uh, so we, we, we need an, uh, an, uh, an approach in terms of the law, but at the same time, Prasa itself 
must spend money and resources on securing the property of Prasa, which is what is happening now. Um, uh, you know, Mabupani has been fixed, and then uh, immediately the vandals, not the vandals, the criminal element came in. And the reason you see what you are seeing in Mabupani now, trains running smooth, no vandalism and all of that, is because that that line is well protected. Um, so you, you, you've got the armored vehicles patrolling all the time, quick reaction. Uh, so the cutting of cables and stealing of copper cables and all of that is not happening there because there's been uh, the security plan we're talking about is being implemented full force uh, at, the, at that place. Movement of, 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 of goods from road to, to rail. Um, tomorrow we are finalizing in cabinet uh, the discussion on the rail policy, um, which among others it, is gonna uh, bring into full effect the implementation of this. The, the, the migration of uh, freight from road to rail is key, it's a key project. Um, we are undertaking, uh, working closely uh, with the Transnet. Uh, this project uh, was adversely affected by Transnet losing uh, the market share as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. But uh, we are slowly rebuilding this market share. We have also uh, refined our plans to accelerate the migration of freight uh, from road uh, to rail in line with the performance agreement we have concluded uh, with the president. This will deal uh, with the proliferation uh, of trucks on our national roads. So, Honorable Chair, I, I agree uh, with you uh, on this particular point. Um, it is true also, Chair, that uh, Prasa, uh, uh, like I said, has been uh, targeted um, uh, by organized uh, syndicates. Um, so you 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 can't resolve that problem overnight. You you you've got to have the law fixed to deal with that. But ever, over and above that, you've got to have your security intact uh, to deal and combat these syndicates and work with the police. You know because this is big in South Africa uh, to melt uh, some tons of copper cable. In the street value, a person is paid close to over 100,000 of rents. And uh, so that's what they do. These chaps who are runners on the ground, they melt this, they steal this copper, working with Prasa employees. It's a big syndicate in South Africa. They steal from ESCOM and all of that. And then they take this thing and then they ship it out to Mozambique and then to East Asia, they get paid. Easy money. It's just like drugs. You know, you've got runners, but you know they are kingpins. We busted laboratories when we we're in the police in Soweto, in the backyards. The same as in this field we are in now. We still have laboratories operating in the backyards, in the townships, melting copper and shipping it out of the country. The Zamazamas you've got. Uh, it's a whole syndicate thing, you know and uh, selling stuff and then making easy money out of it. So 
our product and also our company is exposed to syndicates of this nature and our security must respond to that. But we as ministers, uh, myself leading DTI, we've got to deal with this matter alongside the same way they are dealing with it in Kenya. Uh, make it a point that uh, when I get into your scrapyard and uh, you've got a scrap metal, the law must say that you've got no business to trade in copper. And once we find that in your backyard, you are we close that scrap uh, scrapyard uh, immediately. I've visited this. I've seen this for myself. You 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 can see that the network. The syndicates, the operation, the operational uh, modus operandi is out there. You can see it, how these people operate, um, uh, uh, and so on. So, our network, in terms of the corridors uh, where they are running, is totally exposed uh, to this. So, we, we have to respond uh, to that, uh, Chair. I, I agree uh, with you. Thank you. Right. Um, thank you very much, uh, Minister, um, for that. I think there was just one issue I I, I, I forgot. Maybe, and I know it's been um, ex, you know dealt with. But Minister, I, I think we need to confront the elephant in the room, and this is a conversation we're going to have. And I would imagine this is a conversation that uh, you will have at. Um, government, uh, cabinet level, at the executive level yourselves. We've got a situation of um, informal informal settlement sprawling on railways. And instead of it getting, you know, being rather being abated or being pushed back on them, settlement expands. When we were in Philippi, as we were walking on the rail track, the uh, acting CEO pointed to a new structure and said, when I was here, this was not here. Um, I think we were in Langa when um, Honorable had to be pointed out that when he had been there, uh, he arrived with, you know, on this oversight to find new structures had been erected. Now, of course, there's the, you know, ongoing registration and verifications of persons who are there uh, as part of the planning that has to happen for their movement. Uh, but quite clearly, the opportunism uh, to be there with the hope to benefit in whatever will happen while exists. That's the first point. But the the the, the gist of it, uh, Minister, is we're now having to budget and plan for an eventuality which arises out of criminality. An invasion of the rail tracks is breaking the law. And I, I, I just can't find the logic which somehow places the burden on Prasa, on the on, on the state to say, well, um, you broke the law, 
But since you broke the law, we must now find alternative accommodation. Because all rights come with responsibilities and rights come with consequences in how they are played out and how they are exercised. And whilst every citizen has got a right to shelter and the observation of human rights not to leave people displaced, it may find itself, we may find running the risk of an abuse of rights. And the costs to this thing, I mean, by the estimations given to us just on those two rail tracks, comes close to a billion rands. Now, I'm saying this is a conversation that we need to have because there also has to be citizenry accountability on this front. It just, it just, it's just illogical. And unless the interpretation of the law is uh, 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 corrected in this regard, um, then this will become a, you know, a precedent setter. And it will continue to leave the infrastructure of the state susceptible to invasion with a view to say, when we are here, um, we then are entitled to be moved somewhere else and the state must bear the cost of that relocation without any consequences for the fact that this is a violation of the law. It's a very complex and difficult conversation, I know, and one which you must tread very carefully on. But I think it's one which must not be anchored in sloganeering, you know, that people say, no, it will be a violation of human rights without an extensive, you know, probing of how did we get here. And the bottom line is that the law has been broken. There are now 10,000 households, you know, as I said, households on the Philippi line. And it's common cause that those people should not have been there to begin with. And so it goes to the broader, you know, outlook I've been speaking about, Minister, of securing these railway lines in the national interest as national assets. But it it it, it just I, I I I find that we unless we have the difficult conversations. Um, we, 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 we will continue going around in, 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 in circles. And the invasion of, of the railway lines must be first and foremost be declared as an illegal act. It's a criminal act. And then consequences must flow out of that before we sort of just bypass accountability and saddle the state, uh, you know, with now a, a dilemma because this is um, what, 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 what this is because that invasion has resulted in the destruction of infrastructure which if those people are to be moved the state would still have had to now incur costs to rehabilitate and fix those lines in order to make them functional, sustainable and viable to meet the demands of travel for the working class. The people of Kailicha, for example, whom, you know, are unable to now access trains because of the 
you know, illegal invasion of a railway in, in, in Philippi, uh, bearing the brutal brunt of this thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, at that point to say, when do we as a country begin asserting, you know, equal emphasis on the consequences and responsibilities that come with rights as we do with the fundamental important focus we have on rights. Because I think that there has to be a fair balance um, between the two. The rights are not open-ended. Because now you, you, you are literally you know, invading a rail track to put a gun to the, to the head of the state uh, to say, well, if you want us gone from here, go and resettle us somewhere and it's at your cost, it's your baby to feed. Otherwise, we're not moving from here. That can't be right. It, it can't be right. But I'm, I'm, just, I'm just putting it, ministers, to say it's, it's an observation we've made, but it requires the difficult conversations. If we are really to build a South Africa of consequences, and one which is just genuinely credible in its outlook in, when, it, when it speaks about rights, not to speak about them in a vacuum, but in the context in that rights are also enabler to development. And when they are abused, they become a problem uh, in how they're exercised. I just wanted to, I don't know if the minister wants to react to that, I'm sure he's, mo he's most welcome to, but it's an observation we made. And the, the law has to help us here uh, in itself, because there's no money for these things to just willy-nilly continue going on as if, uh, you know, Thanks, Mr. If you want to react to that, if not, um, it's, 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 it's fine. No, 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 Chair, I, I, I agree with you. It's a difficult conversation indeed. Um, we need to deal with, um, um, and um, it's a dilemma. Uh, because uh, our constitutional democracy has also brought about uh, some of these things, uh, and they are now with us. Uh, we we may want to look into that going to the future as a country uh, in the context of dealing with lawlessness. Um, but in my view, Chair, in all honest, uh, honesty, I think... Uh, the crisis we are dealing with of uh, settlement is an exposure of uh, a company that was in a state of disaster called Prasa. Because the first uh, encroachment you see, where was Prasa security? Where were these uh, security companies? We, we are paying these people exorbitant monies for no value. One time I went to uh, 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 park station. I found a tap, you know, broken. And then uh, there was water all over the toilets and all of that. And it's not security to fix the taps, but that thing has been going on and on. And uh, uh, park station, Cape Town Central, KZN, those areas should be classified as national key point 
And yes, something was happening, a tap broken. It was like his business as usual, there's no security, there's nothing that is that is actually happening. And then government is paying these people exorbitant and a lot of money through contracts, and then you don't get value for money. Here we're sitting with a problem of invaders uh, in Cape Town. Where was process security? When the first shack was uh, erected next to the railway line. They should have taken them out because they know that in terms of the law, these people are protected. Once they gather in numbers and all of that, my cousin's sister and all of that, we do verification. We've got to ensure that the numbers don't grow. Now, we are now in the business of human settlement as a railway, passenger railway uh, company. Uh, we work over time. You don't know whether these things are pre-planned, you know, uh, just to put us into a state of disaster that we are in. But nonetheless, I agree with you, Chair, uh, on the issues you are raising, and I think they need further interrogation. But on our part, in terms of Prasa itself, something like that shouldn't happen going into the future if we have security and process, something called security. You've got people there who are fighting for contracts and all of that, but uh, look at the value they add to the company for the contracts they got from Prasa. Nothing. Uh, it's a disaster day in and day out uh, 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 that we have witnessed over a period of time. So a well-oiled machinery and company, I, I dealt with, as my concluding point, with a problem when I was in the police at the airport, as you all know. Um, I personally was involved in dealing with that matter. I was like a commissioner of police. People who have been robbed, I went to see um, a family, not a family, a tourist, a bus full of tourists, uh, robbed from the airport, a tourist from Netherlands. I had to go and speak to them and all of that. And then uh, people were being followed from the airport to their houses and all of that, and then robbed by criminals. So we had to respond to this and nip it in the bud. Uh, and then uh, more than 20 million were stolen in the red zone at the airport. National key point was not protected with the police and all of that. When we arrived there, I frog marched all those cops and I realized that uh, part of the problem is that you cannot have police not rotating in a national key point because they then become part of the criminal syndicate at the airport because through that airport drugs are coming in, all illegal stuff is coming in and cops are exposed to this easy money every day. So six months rotation system and I deployed uh, a general at the airport. And then uh, we then started to operationalize the plan uh, at the airport tactical response and all of that. And uh, now, 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 during COVID, criminals tried to attack the airport, AXA. They didn't see the light of day, they couldn't because the, the integrated security plan there is intact. And that's what we're trying to do here. Prasa has never had security, let alone 
having security companies, security director, chief of security at Praza. Praza has never had that thing. You just bring people who retired from the police, you deploy them at Praza. People who are police are not trained as security, at least from SSA and all of that. Uh, those are people who know deployment and understand security that you need there. And then um, we will look at this plan. I've spoken to the Minister of Defense, whether or not we cannot deploy defense in our railway lines, but also it's not sustainable. Prasa must, must build its own internal security. Uh, it's going to be expensive, but we need that if we are to protect our assets. That's what Prasa needs. Uh, we did that with the riots. The, 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 the state was overstretched between Gauteng and Johannesburg. And then we said to Prasa, Prasa protect. Don't wait for the rioters to come and, and put the uh, park station into flames. Uh, protect. And then they unleashed. Indeed, when the rioters came, they found Prasa security ready for them. So there was heavy stuff because police were overstretched. We don't have enough boots on the ground as much as we have expectations, but the expectations must be realistic. Uh, Prasa, AXA now have got their own securities uh, uh, that they need to strengthen their capacity to protect the committers, but also to protect the assets of the company. Uh, that is what uh, we need to do. And that is how we are going to realize uh, prosperity uh, and uh, this matter of security being properly addressed uh, going forward. Thank you, Chair. Right, um, thank you very much, uh, Minister. I think, uh, colleagues, if there is uh, no other issue, but, but Minister, let me maybe draw to your attention and Prasa's attention. Uh, at the Acacia Parliamentary Village, uh, there's a rail track here. There's a rail line which runs parallel to the Parliamentary Village Acacia uh, Station. Uh, on my last count, there are eight. Um, structures that have been erected along the line of that rail line. And they, you know, it started with one, Jemo Bushon, Minister Babizan. Um, you've got across from where they are, the a, 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 a military fort right here. I will not be surprised in the if 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 history is anything to go by unless intervention is made. If those if those structures spill over onto the rail track and cause a problem that we currently experience. So let me just flag. I'm sure the colleagues who who resided Acacia know what I'm uh, talking about. Right here, outside here. Uh, you know, so it goes to 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 this thing of um, turning a blind eye when these things start out, and then acting surprised with shock when they mushroom into a catastrophe in the manner in which 
they have now been for PRAS. And I take the point, Minister, you are quite right. Uh, PRAS has got a, a responsibility to bear um, in this regard, in that these things happened on their watch. Uh, and there was a, a heightened level of Eliza Fair attitude uh, to deal with them for a host of reasons, which they would still have to explain. Uh, but that's the one stream. Preventative measures need to take place now, and you need to nip this thing in the bud. Here's one classical example here on the Acacia uh, railway uh, line. As we speak right now, I'm sure when I leave uh, to another count, it probably might be more than what it was uh, two weeks ago. So that's the kind of dilemma that's there. The final point, uh, Minister, I think it would be remiss of me, colleagues will attest, if I don't draw to your attention, our disquiet at the attitude of some board members towards the Auditor General. It was a an observation which played itself out in the meeting as we watched what I can only classify as a blow-by-blow offensive on the part of uh, board members or a board member, we will put it out in the report uh, towards the Auditor General. Uh, and this is not to come out in an you know, unfettered defense of the Auditor General, but we will stand on the side of the Auditor General unless, you know, information is put to us credibly so that the Auditor General is not conducting their work in a manner consistent with the law. But in this case, we don't have reason to believe that that's the case. And I would really hope, Minister, that this is something you look at, uh, the relationship between PRASA and the Auditor General. And I want to, for the record, to say that the behavior we saw is totally unacceptable. And it is behavior which we fundamentally believe grinds against the grain of good governance and one which seeks to undermine a Chapter 9 institution, and it will not be tolerated. Um, There has to be a semblance of mutual respect and a professional conduct, which must just play out. Because if that's the kind of attitude that is held at PRASA, insofar as auditing is concerned by the AG specifically, then we've got every reason to be worried about the lack of seriousness, which seemingly is applied to audit and the outcomes and the absence of a, you know, implementation of a audit action plan. And it was indicative of the strain, which obviously prevails when we are not there, because I just fundamentally think the nerve cheek and audacity to um, behave in the manner in which it was, it happened before us, uh, means that that's how daring uh, the undermining is. That we don't care whether uh, Parliament 
uh, is, is, is here or not, we will continue on a trajectory uh, of behaving in a manner which is, uh, uh, you know, seeking to dictate terms of interaction which are irregular to the AG and to dictate to the AG how the AG should do its work. So if it's not something that you have seen, Minister, I thought we should bring it to your attention because it's at the heart of the challenges of governance which beset Prasa at this point. So I thought it would, would whilst it's something we will definitely, um, you know, put into our report and, and make recommendations accordingly, I thought it's only correct that I put it to you now, Minister, that we, we, we left uh, that meeting very, very worried and concerned about the attitude, uh, particularly, you know, of a board member, uh, towards AG, who is tasked with the responsibility of really, as far as I see it, being the link between the board and the AG, because they will interface more regularly than others. So I think that was the Audit and Risk Committee, um, if I'm not mistaken. So I just thought I should um, bring that to your attention, uh, Minister, and thank you um, this morning for and fielding our questions and the information that you have provided to enable us to close up our report on our oversight visit in January and in March to um, Prasa, Gauteng and Western Cape respectively. Um, and we will endeavor to complete that report in earnest and have it served before the House and the recommendations, of course, acted on. And we will be considering the annual report um, of PRASA because it has now been tabled uh, to, to Parliament. Colleagues, I will hand over to you if there's anything you'd like to raise. If not, Minister, I'll give you an opportunity to make your concluding remarks if there are any. Colleagues, going once, you don't have to come in through the group. You can just speak on the platform, particularly Honourable Bukas. All right, Minister, concluding remarks on your side, if there are any, and then we'll call the meeting to an end. No, thank you very much, uh, Chair, and uh, members of uh, SCOPA. Uh, I think uh, we are ready, uh, working very hard to turn Prasa around um, to ensure that uh, we deal with most of the challenges that uh, you have presented to us. Uh, with regard to the board, we will consider the matters in terms of the conduct and so on, and uh, we'll apply ourselves to it. We can't allow delinquency uh, to run amok uh, in our ports. We can't allow that. People must be professionals, and uh, we appointed them on the basis of that. So if they, they are behaving in a particular way, uh, we will have to deal with them as the shareholder. Uh, so we will we will deal with those uh, issues, uh, Chair. Thank you very much, and thank you to Scopa. Thank you. But, uh, thank you very much, uh, Minister, to you and your team this morning, um, acting DG, uh, advisors, and so on. Minister, you've got an acting DG. You got to appoint to DG. Yeah. All right. No. We, 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 have, we are done with appointing the DG, so it's at the level of cabinet. Oh. UTG Obekona came through uh, secondment from sports. 
and then his contract came to an end. So we didn't renew it. Yeah. Okay. Nope. It's perfect. All right, Minister, thank you very much, colleagues. Thank you. All we want, Minister, at the end of the day is for PROSA to uh, serve the, the people, the majority of the people. This may sound politically incorrect in certain quarters. I couldn't be bothered. Uh, Prasai is far more strategically important than SAA. The majority of our people who live in the outskirts of economic activity at the periphery of economic activity because of historic uh, reasons which were inconsistent with every semblance of human rights possible at the behest of the oppressors rely on the daily on PRASA to be readily available to help them make ends meet for their families. And as you rightly said, Minister, the absence of a functional PRASA means that people are working for transport, they are working for travel and not making a, um, you know, ends meet on the most important things of their sustainable livelihoods. Flying is an elite form of travel for a drop-in-the-ocean minority uh, of those that travel. Prasa is the backbone of this economy and the only readily available means of easy travel for the previously disadvantaged to find themselves presently disadvantaged. Therefore, the strategic importance of Prasa cannot be overstated. So... If ever people spoke the language of bailouts, which is not our favorite language, but in the event that it was necessary, on a cost analysis of fairness and redress for access to the economy, the price far outweighs SAA. And so the kind of energy that has been put into saving SAA must be put 10 times more into fixing PRASA for the good of our people who bear the brutal brunt of exclusion. So, Minister, thank you very much. And we will finalize our report and you will receive it. Colleagues, happy Tuesday. And on that note, the meeting stands adjourned. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you.